Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball. 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 26th day of May, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Belvin, Dan Petrie, former Detroit Tiger world champion. Hey, Jock Peterson's an all-star. He was born here, and a lot of the crap has happened in Palo Alto. I'm pooped. You know, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna whine, but I'm just pooped right now. I've had a I've had a long day, and and it just ended. My day at work just ended. Uh, I'm working, you're gonna be hearing this on. Thursday, but I'm recording this, and it's, you know, around 11 at night on Wednesday, and your pal Sully, I've had better days, I've had better days at work, I've had better days elsewhere, I didn't get to go to the gym, do you know why, because I just, I just, I just had better days, and this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast every single day, you know what some people do to unwind? They get drunk, some may smoke pot, some may go to the gym. I'd like to get to that point where I need to go to the gym, but you know, and and some other people, they, they go do something to unwind, and right now, I just need to unwind with you, my baseball friends. Sometimes, you know, I want to be a respite for you. You, you understand, you're a respite for me. This is, this is a symbiotic relationship. I am feeding off of you as much as you are feeding off of me. And when you have a rough day like your pal Sully did, let me tell you something. You, you, sometimes a day like this is, is exactly what the proverbial doctor ordered. And let me tell you something, friends. I really hope that this doctor is covered by my medical insurance. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple things going on in the world of baseball. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. continues to hit. 29-game hitting streak for the Red Sox. You know, if I had written in the names of the players that I would feel would be most likely to have a shot at a 30-game hit streak in baseball, Jackie Bradley Jr. would be below several players who are deceased going into this season just because I just I could not have been more wrong about JBJ I actually kind of like JBJ you know I, I like I like that it's not J Brad or something stupid like that I thought he had one good month in 2015 and then he had a crap September they had one dynamic month, and I said, do you know what? It was a fluke, and I wanted them to trade him for a relief pitcher. And friends, I am so glad I was dead wrong about JBJ. He's just, he's been a machine. And usually he just gets that first hit out of the way. Boom. Next. And the Red Sox are, as I'm recording this, the they are in first place. 
They have the best record in the American League, and only one team, only one team, has a better winning percentage than the Boston Red Sox, and that's the Chicago Cubs. And let me tell you, cousins, there's one thing that Fox Sports wants, and that's a Red Sox-Cubs World Series. Now, granted, it would not be as sexy as, say, 2003 with both teams in the middle of a curse. But do you know what? If the Cubs, and this is what it is. This is just a, stop and think about this for a second. If the Cubs win the pennant and they face the Red Sox, this is the universe Red Sox that you have to understand we currently exist in. The Red Sox are the bad guys. My team would be the villain to the point where people will come up to me and my fellow Red Sox fans and say, oh, come on, you even you've got to be rooting for the Cubs. And let me tell you what kind of person I am. If it turns out to be Red Sox-Cubs, and I think of all the joy that I had in 2004, and realize that I've seen my team win it three times. And I think about what a Cubs victory would mean to the city of Chicago, specifically to Chicago Cub fans who have been long-suffering, who've stood by their team, whose pain has been in the same category as what the Red Sox had between 1918 and 2004. And as this world championship drought has gone on to beyond a century for the Cubs. So wouldn't it be worth it, Sully? Your team would be in the World Series. Wouldn't it be worth it to see the Cubs win, even if it came at the expense of the Red Sox? Wouldn't that be a better way to live your life? And the answer is simple. No. I would want the Red Sox to sweep the Cubs. I would want them to pan around the stadium and see Cub fans crying. Do you know why? Because I want my team to win. And let me tell you something. I know this is true because I rooted for the Red Sox against the Cleveland Indians. Now, if you know me, and I know I do. I have always been on the side of Cleveland because I want to see Cleveland win a championship. I want to see the city of Cleveland get a hug. The Cleveland fans have been longer suffering than Cub fans because if you're a Cub fan, chances are you're also a Bulls fan. You had the Michael Jordan era. You very well may be a Blackhawks fan, and you had this recent great run. All right, the Bears haven't had anything since 1985, but okay. But okay, the city of Cleveland has had exactly gotch since Jim Brown was playing there. And yet, I rooted for the Red Sox to beat the Indians. And when they did, your pal Sully was thrilled. That's what fandom is. I root for my team. Now, if the Red Sox should lose to the Cubs in the World Series, I'll just say, okay, there you go. Tip your hat 
and move on. But I want to sweep. And I've seen people face the Cubs and see their teams face the Cubs in the postseason, and there was no mercy. Just last year, the Chicago Cubs made it to the National League Championship Series. Your pal Sully knows many Met fans, is related to several Met fans. I think some of my closest friends are Met fans. And let me tell you, they were rooting for them like crazy. And they loved that it was a four-game sweep. Now, there's something I I was thinking today when I was looking at the scores. I looked at the scores today, and I saw that Jake Arrieta pitched kind of a crap game today in a game between the Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals a game where the Cardinals had two runners on and nobody out in the ninth inning where an extra base hit would have won the game for them. And the Cardinals struck out in two balls in the dirt. It was just it was terrible. But Jake Arrieta, despite not pitching a great game, got the win. And we all know how valuable wins are. Now, I've been reading all these articles. Arrieta won his 20th straight decision. Um, the Cubs have won the last 23 regular season games started by Arietta, ties a major league record. The Cubs have won each of Jake Arietta's past 23 starts. I keep seeing that. And I then my thoughts drift to my Met fan friends. And I think about Oh, when was Jake Arrieta's last loss? And they keep saying, oh, it was the game that that Cole Hamels threw a no-hitter. It took someone throwing a no-hitter to make Jake Arrieta a loser. Once again, my mind drifts to my Met fan friends. No, actually, his last loss was not 23 starts ago. It was on October 18th. 2015, in City Field, in a game where the Mets, the New York Metropolitans, teed off, and the first three batters he faced, single by Granderson, double by David Wright, home run by Daniel Murphy, Mets up 3-0, they wound up winning the game 4-1, Jake Arrieta pitched five innings, He struck out five. He only let up one hit after that barrage. But do you know what? It was enough. Noah Syndergaard beat Jake Arrieta. It was not the Cole Hamels no-hitter. Now, I know that we don't count postseason games in these discussions. But I think... When we talk about how it's automatic, it's automatic, it's automatic, whenever he pitches, I would like someone to bring up the fact that the single biggest start of Jake Arrieta's career, he pitched a game which was not that great. Again, as I said, he let up hits to the first three batters and only one more hit for the next five innings, struck out eight. But he was lifted for pinch hitter Tommy LaStella in the sixth. And the Cubbies lost that game 4-1. to one. 
Now think of those proverbial Cub fans that I mentioned crying at the sight of the Red Sox celebrating the 2016 Is it 2016 or 2016? Let's have a consensus on this. Let's say 2016 World Series dancing on the field at Wrigley Field. Those proverbial crying Cub fans. Let me ask you something. Would you rather have Jake Arrieta continuing this win streak that reaches all the way back to the Cole Hamels but features in the middle of it? In the middle of this beautiful azure lake is a pool of oil. And that's his loss in the 2015 National League Championship Series. Would you trade this streak for Jake Arrieta winning that game? Lest we forget what a huge victory that was for the Mets. Arrieta dominated the Pirates. He didn't dominate in the wildcard game. Had an unreal second half of the 2015 season that basically clinched him a Cy Young Award. And, you know, did not dominate the Cardinals, but got the win and pushed the Cubbies to the National League Championship Series. Only the second postseason series win that the Cubs have had. I'm not counting the wildcards, a postseason series win. Only the second postseason series win that the Chicago Cubs have had since winning the 1908 World Series. The other time was winning the 2003 Division Series. And yet, unlike the team in 2003, which got to within five outs of the World Championship, this Cub team was swept away. If the Cubs had won that second game, that Arietta start, It would be a much different series. They would have held serve in New York and gone back to Chicago. As it was, they were reeling after losing the Leicester and Arietta starts at Citi Field before heading back to Wrigley. Cub fans. I know there's one Cub fan out there listening. He spells his name with an eight. Cub fan with an eight. I know you now. We've gone to a ball game together. Let me ask you, buddy, and all my other buddy Cub fans out there, would you trade this win streak for him winning that game in October? And if that's the case, and I have a feeling the answer would be yes, then it makes me a little hesitant to talk about how Arietta's unbeaten streak goes back to the Cole Hamels no-hitter. Because there is a gigantic zit in the middle of it. A big honking middle of puberty zit. And that was coming up short in the biggest game of his career. That isn't to say Jake Arrieta hasn't been unbelievable with the Cubs. He has been. I don't know how you calculate war. But I have a feeling he'd be high up there, certainly amongst pitchers. And when you think about the pitchers who have been the best this year, with the biggest impact, I guess it would have to be Chris Sale, Jake Arrieta, Clayton Kershaw, and Noah Syndergaard. Those are your four. I mean, he may win back-to-back Cy Youngs, although 
Kershaw may have something to say about that, and so might Syndergaard. But hey, Syndergaard beat him in the playoffs. Syndergaard won that game. So, Arietta, spectacular. But you know what? Let's not forget his unblemished record has a gigantic blemish. It's funny, the Mets played today, and they won uh, against the Washington Nationals. And this was a series that was, look, these are all big series. Anytime you have the Mets and the Nats facing off, these are big games. Because they count just as much here in May as they do in September. And we're starting to see, look at no offense to the Philadelphia Phillies, who are having a wonderful start to their season. But eventually, I believe the Phillies will come back to earth. They're already starting to lose a few games. They, they won today. They beat Detroit. But, yeah, I, I see Philadelphia as a team, as I said before. Phillies could very well finish around or maybe even a little above 500. But the Nats and the Mets are the proverbial cream of the crop of the National League East. And so these games mean a lot. And I texted my cousin, Dave, who's a huge Mets fan, when I saw that they won the game this afternoon. And he made a great point. He said, you get a clobbered Matt Harvey with all the controversy around him, and you lose Lucas Duda for who knows how long, and you still take two out of three from Washington, that's got to feel good if you're a Mets fan. In Washington, on the road, that's got to feel real good. You know, I, I'm not really that worried about the Mets. Uh, I picked them to win the division. I said it was a coin toss between Washington and the Mets, and I stand by that. I think both teams are good. Uh, I think both teams ha have, they have their strengths, and I think that they are going to be back and forth. They're a 90-plus win team for both of them. But when you take a look at this Mets squad and you realize they're going to have to get a first baseman, really probably a James Loney or someone like that, a stopgap, and someone who can do the job. But you lose that player. You realize that Bartolo Colon has as many home runs as their catching core. Neil Walker's been up and down, and certainly not been Daniel Murphy's equal. Not that I feel that the Mets should have signed Daniel Murphy to a long-term deal. I don't believe they should have. And they're getting, you know, mediocre to bad from Curtis Granderson, mediocre to bad from uh, David Wright, and horrific from Matt Harvey, and bad in terms of publicity for the team. And yet, here they are. They are playing to a 587 win percentage. Now, if your pal Sully could do math in his head, I could figure this out. But 587 win percentage would lead to a season where they won 95 games with those holes on the team. And I personally think, look at Matt Harvey's had a crap first third of the season. There have been many pitchers who have had crap first third of the season. If I were the Mets, 
I would do what the Red Sox did, like, for example, with Pablo Sandoval, put him on the fake disabled list, say, oh, Matt, doesn't your back hurt you, Matt? Your back is hurting you, Matt, or nod your head as you say it. And off he goes to the DL, gets his head straight, and comes back, and all he has to do is be better than horrible. He's been horrible. Rise above that and be mediocre. And suddenly having mediocre Matt Harvey in your rotation goes a long way. We've seen this happen. You know, the, the scary thing for Matt Harvey is Tim Lincecum. That Tim Lincecum was the tremendous pitcher who suddenly saw his career fall off the lo- you know, fall off a log. Now, granted, Matt Harvey didn't have back-to-back Cy Young seasons, but he had a tremendous year in 2013, and he had a solid year in 2015, and he's been garbage this year. He's 27 years old. Give him time. Put him on the fake DL. Have him come back with his head clear. Remind him to show up to press conferences from time to time. Meanwhile, the Mets, all they have to do is find a number five starter to just sort of stick in there. Maybe have uh, Logan Verrett keep starting games for him. He seems to be doing the job okay. Get yourself a decent first baseman or just a stopgap in there. Plug him in. Hope the Granderson and Wright start to hit and continue this pace for 95 wins. And maybe, just maybe, the Mets will face Jake Arrieta in the postseason again. Because you know what happens when that happens. The Mets tend to win. Who owned baseball? Well, it was not Jake Arrieta, but it was Stephen Matz, the man whose name was born to play for the Mets. Eight shutout innings, one walk, four hits, struck out seven Nats, Mets win 2-0. Adam Lind, 11 total bases, double, single, Two home runs, six runs bad in. Mariners throttled the A's 13-3. Chris Bryan of the Cubbies got on base three times. Homer drove in three, helped Jake Arrieta get that win that he probably didn't deserve. Hey, Corey Kluber. Remember when people were worried about Corey Kluber? He pitched into the eighth, struck out nine, and the Indians inched closer to first with that 4-3 win over the White Sox. Uh, no American League pitcher gets a half wob. Logan Morrison, three hits, including home run, but Tampa Bay lost to Miami. Matt Adams in that Cardinals-Cubs slugfest went three for five. He homered, but the Cubs lost to St. Lou. And Dan Straley struck out 11, seven innings, but the Reds lost to L.A. Dodgers, that is, three to one. So if you're keeping score at home, Stephen Matz, Corey Kluber. Chris Bryant, Adam Lynn get full wops, half wops, Dan Straley, Matt Adams, and Logan Morrison. Go to sullybaseball.wordpress.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 26th day of May, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I've been undefeated ever since Jake Arrieta got his last uh, loss. That is, if you consider doing a podcast every single day, being undefeated. 
and you can call me Sully.